Hey, welcome to the Prod Prac Podcast, episode two. Here with me today, John Pryor, Assistant Technical Director Extraordinaire. Hey, everybody. So, John, thanks for being on the show. And you know what? John's such a nice guy. We're going to just keep him around as a co-host for a little while, just in case anybody was really wondering what's happening around this place. I'm really looking forward to it. (laughs) He is the most sincerely excited human being I have ever known. So uh, today, episode two, we'll be talking about the backstage life and all of the things that usually aren't seen that have to happen before a show can even get off the ground. Some of these jobs include stage managing, being fly system operators, lighting console operators, audio console operators, deckhands, video projectionists, all sorts of fun things like that. We're gonna hit a little bit on what each one of those jobs is and what it really entails to get it done. Or as John likes to say, get her done. Ah, what a life. (laughs) So first let's talk about stage managers. You know, stage managers have a lot of different roles in uh, different practices of the arts. Uh, and by that, I mean like, you know, theater, music, uh, broadcast, you know, like TV uh, and dance. You know, they really function in a different way. Uh, you know, theater, like it's a lot more intensive to be a stage manager because you literally have to know everything. Not that that's a lot different than dance, but like the directors work with you so that you know what the blocking is and what the lines are and uh, all the stuff that's supposed to be happening on stage, like even for rehearsals. Um, You know, in dance, we operate a little differently. So you want me to talk, okay, so you want me to talk about right then and there. That's how this works, John. I wasn't sure what what we said before that. I'm leaving this in. I'm not even editing this out. Get out of here. That's ridiculous. All right, so are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Okay, so we want to talk about uh, the connection from back of house to front of house. Basically, what that means is the stage manager, you need to maintain constant communication or at least be on comm with everybody that's uh, connected with the comm system. Uh, Bob Steinick will be at the front of house booth position, and he's the lighting director. He calls the entire show. And because he's at the front of house, he can't see everything that's happening back of house. So because oh, you, Bob sees everything, well, John. He can't see the behind the scenes behind the stuff. Right now. So um, <laughs> he needs to be able to communicate with you at all times, just in case uh, he needs to, in emergency, pause the show for something or, or anything along those lines. He also needs to be able to talk to you so that he knows that people are in position after staging a prop or whenever there's a next scene change, or whenever um, a drop is brought in. He needs to know those things that are uh, done in in secret or in the dark when when the show calls for those kinds of things. Yeah, especially blackout. Like our theater, not a lot of theaters actually go like dark in a blackout unless you really work at it. Like, but when we go to blackout, like you can't see anything. <laughs> so Bob sure. is not exempt from that. He can't see if anybody's where they're supposed to be. Uh, usually the only person that really can is the stage manager or someone that you asked to let you know uh, if you were the stage manager backstage, if somebody's where they should be. Right. Um, 
and not to hijack that next thing, but you know, the stage managers wield uh, a lot of power, so to speak. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, what we need you to do for uh, us as the technical director and assistant technical director is really um, quite a bit. And to help you do that the easiest and most efficient way, uh, we give you a lot of uh, the ability to ask people to help you or we create a hierarchy basically where people more or less need to listen to the stage manager. Um, you know, you need to know everything that's happening. And this is the double-edged sword on that. We give you the power to tell people what to do or to ask people to do things for you. Um, and the consequence of that is that you need to know everything. So if we're saying, hey, take this prop over here, uh, it's gonna come on from stage left upstage now. You need to make a note of that and then you will have your people help you to make sure that that happens every time. Uh, you know, usually, it uh, takes a lot of work. A uh, very organized human being needs to do that. Um, I can't think of a time where the stage manager for us in one of our academic dance productions hasn't ended up coming in early. Uh, they're there before everybody gets there, even to unlock the dressing rooms and stuff. They're there after everybody else is usually gone to lock the dressing rooms and to work on notes and to type things up for me. Um, you know, it's... It's definitely uh, a job for somebody that is not afraid to do uh, the above and beyond work that's needed. Um, but, you know, that also makes you the first person that's usually in the line of fire when somebody's not happy about something. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people can complain about. Yeah, and also the performers a lot of times will uh, they'll start to get really relaxed and kind of start doing their own thing when they're backstage. They oh, might start sure. yeah. talking a little bit too loud or, or just doing miscellaneous things. That's going to be the stage manager's job to let the performers know that you know they they need to keep the noise down, and also you know don't stand in the way of uh, different things because props might have to run in and out and they'll be in the way. So you do have to manage those people as well. And I mean, they might get a little upset with you but I mean just as long as you're doing it in a good nature and just saying hey this is the job we're just trying to make sure the performance is is up to par you know it just it's just part of the job yeah and it's also like the things that you're taking care of for us are things that we don't have time to take care of uh, there's like some technically involved stuff that we do in these productions and usually John and I will have a moment or two or three or four during the show that we both need to go do something that we would not ask somebody else to do. Like something that has to do with moving a really heavy object or uh, dropping hazardous material into something like a dry ice into boiling water, for example. Good times. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's stuff that people could get hurt on, so we do that instead. Um, but that means that we need the stage manager to really pick up the slack for us. Um, you know, it ends up being like a mother hen thing too, almost. I, I feel like it genuinely becomes a thing where your friends, um, you know, hey, here's a leadership lesson for you. Uh, your friends won't let you lead them without their permission, if that makes sense. Like, leadership isn't just given to somebody it's earned. Uh, and that definitely is true in the dance world. Um, if somebody doesn't want to let you like tell them what to do, they're going to 
you know, make a big deal about it. Um, it's just like how you choose to do that. So that's just a little word of advice there. But uh, really, stage manager would be, I mean, we'd be like, it'd be a disaster without a stage manager, any production, anywhere. Uh, you know, the next job or the next thing that happens backstage is pretty critical um, is a fly system operator. And John being the burly, muscular human being that he is, mm-hmm. uh, and you guys having the experience to pick up those weights really tells you a lot. Like, there's a lot of heavy stuff overhead. Um, and you could really get hurt if you're not paying attention or don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, so it 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 does uh, it does have an air of uh, danger to it, but it's also very simple. And if you if you take the right steps, it's a very safe system. Yeah. Almost, Otherwise, we wouldn't use it. Almost fail proof. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's almost there's even uh, definitely some uh, I guess you would say some dummy proof parts to it. Um, you're also going to be a person that's always on comms because you never know when uh, something emergency-wise might happen where you might have to fly in the main or anything like that or if something's not touched in enough or whatnot. But you always have to be on comm because you're also on stage left. So you have to view the stage as uh, not just like front of house and back house division, but also there's stage left and stage right. Normally the stage manager is on stage right so she's dealing with everybody on that side of the stage. On stage left, the stage manager's not over there, and she can't run over there to talk with you, so you have to be on comms at all time. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. And we've had tons of times where we're like, yeah, uh, stand by main curtain, main curtain go, and nothing happens, and then we all look over there, and uh, I don't know, they're gone using the bathroom. They didn't say anything. It like gets yep. real awkward real fast. Oh, yeah, In fact, sure. if you've ever want to see John move any faster in life, <laughs> just go yeah. ahead and do that. It was like, oh. But, yeah, yeah sure. it, can be, uh, it can be hilarious. It can. But, you know, it's not all just about flying in main curtain and flying in the full black or the scrim or anything. There's a lot of other stuff that moves, yeah, I mean. John, I'm sure John's had a lot of experience with shows uh, coming in from the road just with the union, the local 113 guys. So he's probably seen a ton of stuff that's really interesting that gets rigged onto pipes and flown in and out. Oh, I definitely have. And actually, uh, I, I do have a couple funny stories from it. And I, I did have yes. one where uh, I was operating the fly rail at the Warner. And when they give you the go, you, you go. You do your, what your cue is. And uh, my my go call was to bring in this curtain. It was supposed to divide the stage in half, and so that there was like a crossover. But um, the the dancers were supposed to move from downstage to upstage, and they said, "When I give you the cue, you go. You bring that thing in fast." So they gave me the go. I brought it in, and as I'm flying this thing in fast, the one of the dancers wasn't on their mark. So they missed going from upstage to downstage. So while I'm bringing this in, the dancer is like, oh no, I need to go upstage. And I run this, this, uh, I run this thing right into her and I hear it and I feel it. It's just boom. Cause there's Ooh. a pipe in the bottom of that, in Yikes. the bottom of that drop. And I go, what was that? And I'm freaking out and I'm looking they're like, just drop it, just drop it. So I bring the thing down 
And I look at the guy giving the cues. I was like, what happened? And he said, the dancer was not on their spot. Don't even worry about it. That's not your fault. That's the dancer's fault. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, fine. Yeah, that's a, that's a lesson to learn right <laughs> yeah. there, huh? So uh, definitely be on your mark yeah. when, when you're in a performance. And, you know, in our space, uh, we we operate, uh, you know, we're not like, hey, the dancer wasn't on their mark. We try to keep an <laughs> yeah. eye of what's happening yeah, on stage, like, too. That if, guy yeah, obviously if, hated if, that yeah, dancer. Yeah, that guy probably hated <laughs> If If I was, uh, you know... Normally, when you're when you're doing the cues, you're not just looking at the uh, ropes. You're looking also at what you're pulling in and stuff, so you know for sure what you're doing. You in those kinds of situations, you could slow the slow the drop down so that the person could get to the main. But at the at the Warner, it's a different it's a different monster. We have road cases stacked up a mile high with electrical cables all over the place. You can't see the stage when you're doing those things. Yeah, so. yeah, it was a, well, the backstage was a small space. It's being rebuilt right now, yeah. so I can imagine, hopefully it's the uh, Taj Mahal. When Should it be better. Back, but, but yeah, you know, and uh, there's tons of stories like that John have. I have one of a Mercer student, but you know what, I'll probably save it for when we're, she's a graduated a uh, couple of years by now, but uh, I've been telling the story ever since it happened. It's hilarious. So uh, I'll fill you guys in sometime in person. It's really worth it. But, you know, there is a process, too, for flying uh, in or out the main curtain. Um, and that's something that we'll just talk about here real quickly. So for dance and specifically this, um, like a, a fly system operator or the rail master, as they're sometimes called, is not just about moving the stuff, but it's about the production. Like everybody has to be as a team or else uh, it doesn't really happen. So what I mean by that is uh, in dance, a lot of times you will hear the standby, okay, which uh, is audibly said usually by the uh, stage manager shortly after you get places. I mean, you guys are all a bit in productions, but before our main curtain goes out, you either hear a clap or you'll hear like a finger snap. And what that is, like when you hear that, that means the main curtain is immediately about to fly out, whether you're ready or not. You know, you've been given the calls. Nobody's asked to hold. Um, that's like a courtesy so that you know the main curtain is leaving the stage. And whatever, however beautiful you need to look for that thing to go out or whatever you're supposed to be doing when that goes out needs to happen. Um, and if you don't do that, a lot of dancers, they'll get caught red-handed, so to speak. So uh, definitely something important. Uh, that we do here in this house. I think also if you're uh, on the fly system, I see this a lot. It's it's pretty comical, but you know it's just something that happens. A lot of times people get in the moment, so they're they hear the cue, they stand by, they're ready to to operate that cue, and they forget one of the most crucial parts of operating the fly system is unlocking the dog oh, so yeah. that you can pull that oh, rope. Yeah. Multiple times people go and they stand and they hold that rope. And they're like, okay, go. And they start pulling and they just like they look at you and they go, it. they go, it's not moving. Why? It's not moving. And you just unlock that dog and then it's good to go. Yeah. Speaking of things that don't move, the lighting console operator, <laughs> uh, you know, does a whole awful lot of sitting around. It's uh, hopefully worked out your rump because uh, it's going to be putting in some OT at the front booth. But <laughs> that person usually works with a lighting designer who will actually program cues and things like that. Um, but it's just, there's a lot to it. 
there's a lot of flashing lights, tons of buttons. I mean, it just seems like this endless sea of options of things to press. Um, and the best way uh, to do that is to really watch what's happening. And uh, Bob will actually have you take notes for him and you get the hang of it pretty quick. Right, and so another thing that the lighting console operator is gonna do is they're gonna do a channel check. And, oh, yeah. and uh, I took all of you up on the catwalk and I showed you each light being plugged into an address, right? And that's where that light lives. Well, a channel is uh, an arbitrary number that we give each light or group of lights so that it can do something very specific for us. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna run a channel check to make sure every time you operate that channel at full, a light fixture comes on. There will be times where you'll run through a channel check and for some reason a light doesn't come on. And that could be a situation where a light is broken or it's unplugged for some reason or we, we would just have to check that light. Yeah, um, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens when you fly these electrics back up in the air. You're like, everything's great. I know we did it personally and then right. something doesn't work and you're like, wow, right. this was unplugged. Right, so uh, to reiterate, the address is where that light fixture lives and where it's plugged in. The channel is the number that you give it so you can do certain commands and operate the light the way you want to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, especially like the address is the only thing that stays the same for right. incandescent instruments. Right. Like where it is, is where it is. Like, for sure. You're also going to really want to focus on what you're doing. I know it can be uh, easy once you've done it a couple of times and you've seen a show that you'll start, start wandering off and just kind of, you'll lose focus on things and that's when you'll miss a cue. That's when you will accidentally uh, turn off all the lights. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, oh no. Awesome so, story. Yeah, don't have uh, six cups of coffee before a show either because you'll oh, be yeah, sitting sure. there like twitching out and you like slam through five cues on max. I've, I've definitely had, I haven't had that situation, oh, but I've, I've definitely had that situation where it's like, hey, can you come run this light real quick, lighting board real quick? Uh, I need to go. Oh, yeah, 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 you gotta go. <laughs> oh, God. And then like, you know, the person, <laughs> they're always on comp too. It's another person that always has to communicate. Um, even if you're not the one calling the show, you're just pressing the go button. You still need to be on comp. And you're definitely gonna want to, again, pay attention and know the show because you wanna know what, what, what's coming up next so you're ready for that next cue. Yeah, and these cues are also kept in time. So it's not always a visual cue um, from when you watch something happen on stage and you know that's when you go. Uh, but knowing where you are in the piece, um, which you can get some help from the uh, audio console or in computer operator, which we'll go into in, in just a minute. Or, We'll go into it right now. <laughs> the audio console operator. <laughs> How convenient. Yes, yes. Is um, a person that wears a lot of hats. So we, we generally lump all this stuff together into one position because of the convenience of location. And what I mean by that is you have the computer that has all the audio tracks or the QLab files or whatever we're using for media at that time. Um, which back in the day in this very facility was at one point reel to reel, which I thought was hilarious. And we actually found a bunch of those that John and I just threw away yes. uh, recently because we have no way to play them. But uh, the computer is right there and then the projector is right over your head. And usually it's convenient to have all of our video and audio files in Labs in one place. So the audio console operator not only is responsible for how loud or how soft things are or what things sound like or making sure we have good volume levels at least. You're always listening too you're, yeah. because uh, uh, yeah. a lot of times there's, there'll be something real boomy in a song. 
that you might have to bring the levels back a little bit. But then there's also really subtle parts that you're going to want to ride the fader up so you can hear it a little bit yeah. better. Yeah, and the key to uh, sorting that out, by the way, take notes. Yeah. I'm just going to say that now. Um, <clears throat> uh, also, as a dancer, I'm sure you know a lot more about like appropriate levels for what jazz or hip-hop or classical music is going to sound like. If it's uh, if it's too soft or, or you know too boomy or whatever, you know you'll get to play around with those different kinds of levels and parts of the music with the audio console. Yeah, nothing like having a, a classical ballet with uh, some Mozart shaking the chandeliers down in the pack and yeah. having the old ladies turn their hearing aids off. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, but you know it's. Uh, it's a job that you definitely have to listen. You have to pay attention. I know some people want to sit there on their phones, which we will take away from you if we see. Yes, John is the, the iPhone reaper. Yeah. But uh, you really got to pay attention to what you're doing. And it's all really, you're, you're putting on a show. You're actually putting your name on this because you end up in the program as said position, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, definitely do something you're going to be proud of. But also we're also here to help you. Sorry. Yeah. Also, if there's uh, if there's any uh, video in the production, you you're also gonna operate the projector, and uh, you'll use the shutter to uh, close the screen off or open the screen up so that the projection can show it. And you're also gonna operate those files. You'll hit play to uh, to uh, start the video and stop and shutter and all that. Yeah. And if you've never used QLabs before, it's also an experience. Um, and it's good to have that on a resume. In fact, all of these jobs, like doing everything you're doing in Pride Prac, um, not a lot of companies let you just dance. Like some need people to also do things. And when you know something, that puts you ahead of uh, somebody else. Yeah, but, for sure. And not to say that messing up on any of these other areas wouldn't be incredibly rough to get through. But, uh, Messing up on the Q Labs yeah. can get sketchy really fast. Yeah, it um, it's not meant to stop. Like once you start it, unless you, it's not like iTunes, you just don't hit spacebar to stop it. Spacebar actually also starts the next piece, and they will play over top of each other simultaneously. Oh yeah, it sounds and great. If you mess up and keep pressing spacebar, then it keeps starting the next piece, and it sounds like a murder scene, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. horror movie. You know, it's like oh my god. But you know, and then the last. The last job, and this is this is truly one of the most important because it, it it doesn't seem like it. And I always try to remind people, like, if you don't do it, like, if we don't do it as Pride Prac, it doesn't get done. Um, I mean, John and I live that every day here. But being a stagehand, like a deckhand, is, is extremely important. I mean, you're the people who are moving scenery. You're the one that are changing gels and like the, like a NASCAR pit stop, like I was saying when we got together on Friday last week. Um, I mean, there's, there's just so much to it. And it's all stuff that you actually have to know a thing or two about a thing or two, if you know what I'm saying. And you're definitely also a, a, a big help to the performers too, because they can get a little bit lost with things and you knowing what the next piece that's going out can really help them. Like, all right, here's your here's your prop piece, you know, and they'll remember. Okay, yeah, I'm going out on stage with this or or, or what have you. Yeah, and you're really like an extension of the stage manager's body, almost. You know, she could like you're like the long hand of the stage manager, so she has to really kind of stay. Or he doesn't have to be a she. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're an equal opportunity employers <laughs> backstage, but. 
yeah, you know, when gonna, they, yeah, they get stuff done. For yeah, them. and you're gonna you're gonna be the eyes and ears for the stage manager. If you see something on, say, stage left, because again, the stage manager is always based stage right. If you see something happening, you can let that stage manager know so that they can communicate to the front of house lighting director, in this case Bob or anybody else, of what's happening, what the situation might be, and they'll be able to communicate how to resolve that issue. Yeah, or even me or John, because a lot of this too, stuff backstage, like if something doesn't move right or gets caught in the cable, or a, a person is late to their entrance, or they're going to be late. Um, usually ends up always being the guys. Uh, I don't know why that ends up happening, but, you know, Romani always is killing me out here and making his last second entrance into the yeah, stage. Right. Um, you know, you need to give us a heads up on that if we need to try to save something for the show or if it's a rehearsal so that we can drop the hammer on them and make them enjoy their lives that much more. <laughs> but uh, these five jobs, these five positions are really like critical of what we ask of production practicum to do and um, it's a lot of information you're going to absorb a lot and you learn a lot and you do a lot and that is the whole premise of the course I mean truly the things that we do before the dancers even come in to the stage or to the facility at all is enough for like two months of work in two weeks and then we do rehearsals and performances and shows. And then we strike it all, put it all away as if nothing ever happened. Um, you know, it's the, the circle of life backstage. Yeah, but, it's definitely a lot of work that people just don't really put any thought into as to what really goes into putting on a show. So whether it be the sprung floor, which you guys are very luckily missing out on having to put down right now yeah you guys are lucky because it is cumbersome and heavy and what no it's the best yeah it's like well, you know frolicking through a grassy knoll also on a watching sunny day. missing out on watching the prod prax struggle with trying to uh screw down a screw and not strip it out that's always entertaining yeah yeah you guys are uh, definitely not going to be walking out of this building fine furniture yeah for sure but uh Sadness. it's it's a lot of work and uh fine it's definitely Definitely appreciated, especially, especially since uh, you know if it wasn't for the extra hands, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to put on the show, you know. So you, you're a very important part of the show, even though you're not in the show. So you should appreciate that. Speaking of which, we're gonna have some of you. Speaking of shows, we're gonna do a little something, something. So as a surprise announcement, exclusive. To Triple P. We're going to have half of the Pride Prax help us set up for a stream of the Mass of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to have the other half of you guys help us take it all down when it's all over. Be sure to check your email. I'll send you some more information later today. Well, that's it for this time. Thanks for joining me.